Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Let's jump right into that new weekly dose of things you can disagree with. Take it away, guys. I believe it's time for another show, man. How you doing, brother? Pretty good. Good. I just finished exercising like eight minutes ago, so <laughs> I'm a little... I'm a little giddy right now. Yeah. I got up early because I have to go to work tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. On so the weekends, I, get... I usually go work out around like noon. Yeah. I like I like getting it out of the way. I like it. I like that five o'clock in the morning. It sucks to get started, but when it's over, man, you feel like fucking Superman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I, I got up at, I supposed to get up at five, but I... Alexa and I've been fighting a lot lately, so she woke me up at six. So I like to get up early, exercise, get my shit out of the way, get my day ready, and then go back to bed. Oh, okay. So I'll sleep this afternoon. I love going to the gym on the weekends because it's like way less busy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can just go. Like yesterday, I went, I think I, I had some stuff to do. So I went in that around like four, four thirty. And, um, yeah, it was like, there's probably like 20 people in the entire gym. That's cool. There's nobody in my gym. So (laughs) (laughs) I get up, I, man, I can fart during a workout and not even worry about it, (laughs) (laughs) but I've been doing home workouts for, well, since the pandemic, when they shut the gyms down, I didn't shut down. I just moved inside. So before then you would go to like a gym? Yeah, yeah, I went to uh, 24-Hour Fitness, and then the one of their, I forget that name of the other one, but I went to the gym every day at 4.30 in the morning, and it, it just got old, and then the pandemic came, and they shut the gym down, and I moved over to uh, indoor stuff like Tony. I just did like everybody else. I bought a bunch of fucking equipment and used it at the house, mm-hmm. and I'm still using it, so I think I think that's that's discipline i guess a lot of people don't have it they when the gym shut down they just got fat i mean they they just sat around so yeah that was me i couldn't i couldn't do that man i mean i sat around for like a week and then i had to i started taking walks and then it just escalated into i i designed that fitness routine and did a bunch of shit and the pandemic was probably some of the best times of my life no work (laughs) Work out every day, ate right, didn't have to do anything, stayed home, watched a lot of movies. It was, you know, made money and the government sent me checks. <laughs> it was fucking great. Come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> Doesn't get better than that. <laughs> yes, but we lost our we lost our will to work. <laughs> I think we all did in some way or you know, some form or fashion. Some people were just dying to get back to the office. I can't wait to get back. I fuck you, man. I'm, I don't want to go back. Never did. Yeah. I think for me, I'm finally like, right now I feel like I got like a good, uh, combination of like a good routine and like motivation, you know, to go to the gym. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. I'm there's, I mean, work is important and, and friends are important and all the things, but one of the most, like the top three things in my life is exercise. I have to, or I feel like shit. I can't sleep. I feel bad. 
I, I never feel like my day's complete if I don't work out. And even on no. my even on my days off, I hate them. But I take them now because I realized how bad I was hurting myself mm. by working out every day. I took yesterday off because Friday I went to Andy's house and um, we were hanging out and he was telling this, you know, we're just talking and he's telling this story and all of a sudden the world started getting smaller, dude. And I was like, what the hell? You know, I started getting dizzy and then I had to go to the bathroom. So I said, mind if I use your restroom? And I went, went to the bathroom. I came back out and I sat down and it just, I just grayed out. I just went out passed completely fucking out in his backyard. And then, yeah. And then I, I woke up and I got me inside. I passed out in his hallway (laughs) and then I, I blacked out on his couch and, you know, he made some phone calls and stuff, but I was sick as hell. And, um, I think I had food poisoning again, like for the third fucking time. But if this happens to me again, I got to go to the doctor because that that's not right. It's just, yeah. I came home and I threw up and a couple times I threw up on myself and <laughs> it was pretty bad, dude. It was pretty scary. So yesterday I laid around and this morning I got up and made up for the workout that I missed yesterday. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, at least you got it done. <laughs> at least I got it done. I hope I'm not dying. I mean, <laughs> some rare form of cancer, stomach cancer. Now that's the third time it happened, but that was by far the worst. So you just like got sick and threw up? Yeah, I just got sick and passed out. I mean, like, I remember him telling the story. Like you like went to sleep or you like passed out, like fainted? I, I, I fainted. I passed out. Like, I, I just blacked out. I mean, he got all I could see for a minute was his face talking. And I thought, I'm going to pass out. And there I went. (laughs) Oh, dang. Don't know what it was. Well, I kind of I'm thinking it was food poisoning again. The the weird thing about eating a whole food plant based diet, which, by the way, I'm back to that. I'm back to being a vegan. I can't stand fucking meat. It's so gross. (laughs) And but the thing about eating fresh food is there's more food poisoning because I don't have preservatives. So my food goes over faster in the refrigerator and I'm doing smell tests on it. Like that smells okay. You know, <laughs> and then I eat it like a fucking guy. <laughs> so I get, I get food poisoning a lot now for some fucking reason. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe, well, because I don't know, because you're, you like stopped the vegan thing for a while, no? So I, I was going to say, maybe it's like your body's like reaction, but you know, that's, I feel like that would have happened like at the very beginning when you switched, no? I don't know. I It started, it started when I started eating meat again. My stomach would get screwed up and I would, you know, and I was thinking I'd just making that adjustment back and then. It happened once and it was light. It happened again and I got dizzy and I I got intestinal issues. And then the third time I passed out. So I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, I may be dying. And who, who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. Hopefully not. It's fine. If I do, you guys will get over it. It'll be quick too. You, within a few months, my wife will be dating again. Everything will be fine. It's the way it works, man. 
<laughs> you have it all planned out. Well, I, uh, I'm, I have it planned out. I mean, if, if my wife goes, I, I have a few people I would ask on a date to her funeral. <laughs> Damn. Don't let her hear you say that. <laughs> oh, she, she listens to the podcast, so it doesn't matter. None of this matters. It doesn't matter. Really. It's just a, my whole fucking life's just one long joke. It's just, it's a, a cosmic, cosmic joke. What are we going to, what are you going to say? You're on a, you're on a rock hurtling through space, Lalo. Come on. <laughs> I mean, when you, uh, when you think about it that way, you could like rationalize doing anything. Exactly. Exactly. And the only thing that keeps me from it is fear and common sense. That's about it. But the rest of it, I don't know. I, I think there was more, I think there was a, a more meaning when I was a child before I knew what was really happening. And, you know, when we all said the Pledge of Allegiance and we meant it and things like that. And now it's just this long, long days of woke culture and who got canceled this week. And there's no cohesion left in our country at all. I was, I was reading um, a Noam Chomsky book from the 80s. And he, uh, he was talking about this, 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 uh, what we call it, this, um, epoch of American existence of where it begins to crumble. And then in the end, it's like, nobody has any feeling for country in order to have a country. You have to have some sort of cohesive thoughts together, like, we should understand our government the way our government works and we should understand our founding fathers and we should understand our history. And instead of erasing our history, we should not. It, I, well, yeah, I'm going to say it. We should embrace our history and then forgive ourselves and move on. You know, yes, there was slavery. Yes, there was the erasing of indigenous cultures. There's all kinds of things going on, but we're not that anymore, you know, but we have picked that up and identified ourselves using our past. And that's very dangerous, very dangerous. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th I think history is important to like, um, learn from it and like, remember it, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say like embrace it, but like, you know, just be aware of like, things that have happened that maybe weren't so great. Right. Because, um, I mean, only by like remembering them, can you, um, avoid them again in the future, you know? Right. Well, by embrace, I mean this, I have lived through a very traumatic life, like a traumatic childhood and divorces and car accidents and deaths children and all kinds of things. But I embrace that, Lala, because that's me now. All of that made this. And it made this strong, disciplined, motivated, intelligent person. And without, if I had lost any one of those things, I wouldn't be this guy. And I like this guy. And I mean, I like myself now. It took a lot of fucking therapy for me to say I like me, but I, I like me. And I'm a conglomeration of my historicity and America is a combination, a conglomeration of what we did. And now we can be stronger for those things instead of embracing, instead of 
instead of chastising ourselves constantly for what we did, we could just say, yeah, we did that and we moved on. I mean, what if Genghis Khan had evolved into a woke culture? Would would his culture have, would that new culture have um, dissed Genghis Khan? No, that was the founding of that thing. He was an evil, ambitious asshole that erased not just cultures, but erased entire peoples and, and pulled them into his his way of, of life, his culture. So I'm just saying, yeah, we had all those evil things, dude, but it made us what we are. And we could be a lot better if we would just say, yep, we did that. Let's try to fix it. Let's try to stop the racism. Let's, you know, let's move on. But instead of erasing our culture and pulling down all the fucking bullshit that we're doing, just say, yep, that was us. But we're not that anymore because I can say that. I can say, yeah, that was me. I did those things, but I don't do that anymore. I learned from it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't like, we can do that, but like, I don't see the, you know, like the tearing down of like statues and stuff like that. Like, I don't see that as erasing history at all. Yeah. Um, Because to me, that's just those statues. I mean, I would say statues in general or like monuments, things like that. Um, those things are used to like celebrate people, celebrate events. Um, so I think like, you know, there's no Hitler statues in Germany, you know? Right. And if you go to Germany and you ask them who's Hitler, they're not like, who's that? You know? So I don't think those two things are like interconnected. Like you can not have statues and still, you know? learn about you know the civil war and like slavery and stuff like that okay you don't but- you don't need to have you know elementary schools named you know robert e lee elementary to remember what happened but we don't remember dude that's the thing you can ask anybody well, in I think- germany who hitler is and they know ask any any fucking sixth grader here or high schooler who's robert e lee they don't fucking know Right, but that's not because we're like taking down statues. Right, that's but we don't we know our made. history. That's the thing. That's that's what I'm trying to point out here. We don't know our history. And the only history we know is when it's pointed out in this perverse way that we had slaves. Yeah, we did have slaves. And back then a lot of people had slaves. England had slaves, everybody had slaves. And we need to come to terms with what we did. I agree. Slavery is fucking evil, dude. That what we did was so fucking wrong. But we don't know why we did it. We don't we don't know any any of the the background to it. We don't know our history. We don't know how our government works. We don't know our kids today are just they're just they think this this country is just going to I don't know. They think it's going to go on if they don't participate or well, I mean, I feel like young people are, have participated more now than ever before in, like, um, not just in, like, government, but, like, in awareness and stuff. I mean, because Gen Z and millennials are, like, the largest voting bloc in the country as of, you know, recent. 
Um, they they outnumber even like the baby boomers. They, so I I think that's you know. Well, they're the baby boomers stuff. are dying. So. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, like that that is a sign that you know people are, you know, more engaged. You know, more young people voted in the midterms than like in the history of this country. You know. Um, yeah. So I think that does show signs of people, you know, being aware and informing themselves and, you know, not just taking what's taking things for like face value. I think on the surface, it seems that way, you know, that a lot of young people like don't care, like don't know. But like when it comes down to like, you know, voting and, you know, when things really, you know, change and happen that's when they like make their presence known. How, how do I mean, you explain on... Marjorie Taylor Greene then and Ted Cruz? And we could make a list of people that are in office now that shouldn't really be there. I mean, that's just like, you know, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, I, like if you look up how many people are like in her district, I guarantee you it's like not that many people, you know? Right. Um, but I mean, there's also like, you know, the AOCs, the like Katie Porters, uh, you know, the um, like the representatives from like Tennessee, like there's people on both sides that like, you know, counteract each other. Um, so I don't think like a handful of like, you know, bad politicians or like extra bad politicians. Extra bad. I was going to say that they're not um, just green's not just bad. She's. <laughs> She's definition of wrong. And- yeah. Well, I mean, I think like Donald Trump did a lot to like show people like, like his presidency had an impact on, um, I would say had a big impact on like young people in terms of like, we don't want this to happen again. Right. So we need to vote type of deal, you know, like it really drove that sentiment with young people. And, um, you know, that coupled with like the pandemic and, you know, people saw what happened to them during the pandemic and after the pandemic and how things were and how things, you know, came to be how they are today. Yeah. Um, I think like a culmination of those things really helped push their uh, motives and their motivation to like, you know, participate and vote and like make a difference and, you know, make their voice be heard. And that's what they did. I mean, in the midterms, like, it was the complete opposite of what everybody thought was going to happen. And then, you know, next year, I feel like it's going to be a lot of the same. Like, I think people were <clears throat> like in the midterms, they underestimated the young people vote. And I think next year, like, they're really going to see like what young people think, you know? What about you think it's going to keep Trump out of office? Yes. Gen Gen Z, um, they're uh, liberal to conservative, like demographic. It's like seventy one percent to twenty one percent. That's huge, and I mean millennials aren't their gap isn't that big, but it's also like substantial. You know, yeah, young people are overwhelmingly uh, liberal, Um, and that's that's. Yeah, and that's always kind of been the case, but they you don't usually vote, and that's what's changing. 
you know um like a lot of people tend to go a little bit more conservative when they uh, as they get older but like millennials um you know millennials are like in their 30s right now you know late 20s 30s and they're still very liberal and i think i think that's a trend that's going to stick because with you know the internet like how it is today cuz i mean we had internet 20 years ago but the internet in 2003 is nothing like the internet we have today oh no definitely not like you know you could watch the news and you know it could be like all this like i i think if you are someone that like only watches like the news any channel you would have like a certain perception of what's going on but the thing is young people don't watch the news like at all i don't know any single person my age that talks about six o'clock news or oh you see the news last night like nobody my age or especially younger gets their political information their news in general from tv nobody social media they get it from the internet they get it from yeah social media and that's what people like I think that's what people, a lot of people, especially older people, like, um, especially the politicians, like, they don't, they just don't get it. Like, they don't understand that because they watch the news. So in their mind, like, how, how are these people voting like liberal? Like, you know, you see it on the news every day. It's like, you know, uh, inflation's at an all-time high. Like, you can't buy a house. You can't afford anything. Why are they still voting liberal? They're, like, so confused. They just don't get it. Um, but it's because young people don't watch that news, the news that tells them that, you know, yeah, they, you know, watch the news or they read up on things that, you know, this is why inflation's high. This is why eggs are, you know, so expensive. This is why you can't afford a house in, you know, 2023. Huh? Well, now I'm learning something. I never thought of it that way. So it's like, it's almost like two completely different, like worldviews, you know? Um, because I mean, older generations, you know, baby boomers, just like they're like that's how a lot of people get their news, you know, just watch the TV in the afternoon, yeah, um, read the newspaper type of stuff, you know, like young people don't do that. So like the not just the way you consume news changes, but you it's almost like you can choose where you get your news from, you know. You're not limited to you know Fox News or like CNN, right? You have isn't that isn't that dangerous? What? Well, well, I don't think so you... because you have different outlets, you have different opinions. You could, if you read something somewhere, you can you know corroborate it somewhere else. You know, you can cross check, you can you know fact check. You, you guys can't are do really that. Doing that though. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people that do like they read something and you know, maybe they're like a little skeptical and, you know, read it somewhere else or like, you know, a few other places that kind of like solidifies, okay, this is what happened. Yeah. I, I cross check. I always do. I didn't know that it was happening at, at younger levels. That's all. I, I don't have much faith in young people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to be honest. That's like, 
I, I just don't have much faith in somebody that gets their news from TikTok. It's just like it doesn't sound. But right. I mean, TikTok, like, because TikTok is not like when you get news, let's say, like from TikTok, it's not like a news show, you know? Right. It's like videos of whatever event the news is covering of how it actually happened. Like, you can't, like, you know, distort those videos to like fit a narrative, fair, uh, fit a narrative, you know, like the videos of the event, you know? Uh, now, wait a minute. Because Fox News did it. They took 40,000 hours of of January 6th and they spun a completely different narrative from the same. Right, but that's tapes. like the news. Like they could do it. But like TikTok, the way, like just the way it works, it doesn't work that way. You know, like if you watched Fox News about, you know, those representatives from Tennessee, like you would You're be right. like, you know, oh yeah, they like fucking stormed the you know, state building and, you know, they were causing an insurrection, blah, blah, blah. And then if you watch the videos, you know, on TikTok, it's like, what? That's the complete opposite of what happened. Yeah. You know, and, and the white woman didn't get censured. Yeah. And I mean, the, that event specifically, like, that was a major, like, fuck up for Republicans. Like, afterwards, like, they just, they just shot themselves in the foot. They expelled these three or these two uh, representatives. One, it didn't stick. Like they just came right back the next day. Um, and two, the only thing they did was like show their like ignorance, show their like um, lack of like professionalism, show like their subtle racism. Yeah, there was um, not. No, I don't think that was subtle. I don't think that was subtle at all. If and they then, had expelled all three of them, that would have been subtle. But they expelled the two black people and let the white woman go. Right. And then another thing they did was they just shined the spotlight, like a national spotlight on these like two obscure representatives from Tennessee yeah. that nobody had heard of before. And now everybody has seen them or heard them or seen a video of them talking. And that just like motivates people like they're going to be you know, a lot bigger now. They're probably going to raise a shit ton of money for next, for uh, 2024. Yeah. Aren't they state representatives too? Yeah. Huh. And uh, like, it was just a major like fuck up by the GOP. And they know that they know that now they probably thought they were like doing something, you know, during the process, but, and see, that's the thing they like, for them, that doesn't click. Like, for them, that was, you know, oh, like, we'll, we'll show you type of deal, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it just, it just, like, bit them back ten times harder. That was over gun violence, wasn't it? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Let's see, that's, I think that's the thing that needs to come to the top. That's the thing that needs to boil over. We need to do something, something crazy. And I keep seeing... I remember you um, a few oh, many years ago, I guess now you were talking about gun control and, and how you, you emphasize, we don't want your guns. And I, I have told that to so many people now. I'm like, we don't want your guns. We just want you to register your gun. We want to know you have a gun. That's, that's all. That's all we want. And 
people balk against it so fucking hard with the same worn out, tired arguments that are just complete lies. <laughs> they're just lies. <laughs> they're going to, they're coming for your guns. No, they're not. That doesn't even make sense. There's 400 million guns, 350 million people. And you think you're going to take them back? No, the government has no, the government has no plan to take anyone's weapons. Maybe your assault weapons, which I don't think you fucking need anyway. You don't need a fully automatic. You don't need uh, bump stocks. You don't need any of that stuff. You don't need anything that, that that's necessary for combat, because a deer doesn't require a, a you know a bump stock. Yeah, I mean the only people that would lose their guns are like people that shouldn't have them in the first place. Well, actually, the laws are in place for them not to have guns. We're just not enforcing it. True. So if we just enforce the laws that we had, a lot of violence would go away. But we don't even do that. We don't even take them away from convicted felons anymore. We we go to houses where, you know, most the most cop shootings are in domestic violence situations. So... We need to solve domestic violence and it'll solve a lot of problems. And the mental health issue is, um, what's, what's his name? One of those congressmen called for, uh, the death penalty, the immediate and swift death penalty of school shooters. And I was thinking fucking 90% of them are, are killed anyway. Yeah. So what's the point here? I think we need to solve domestic violence. We need to solve poverty. And, and a lot of violence will go away. I mean, you're still going to have outliers. When you have 400 million guns in the hands of 350 million people, you're going to have some shootings. It's You can't stop it. But 150 in, in 90 days, I think that's a little bit excessive. Yeah. I always tell people, like, you know, the whole, uh, you know, we should just have more guns to, like, <laughs> deter and, like, good guys with guns and stuff like that. It's like, I always tell people that say that, like, when, at what point does the graph, like, tip over, you know? Right. When when do we start saying that more guns equals less deaths? Because, <laughs> I mean, so far, it's only been more guns equals more deaths. You know? How many, like, do we need 500 million guns? Like, a billion guns? You know, <laughs> 800 million? Like, when when does it actually start to, like, benefit us? Because we're at, what, like 400 million guns, 350? 400 million, something like yeah. that, yeah. And, I mean, gun deaths are only going up. So, like, where, where, where's the tipping point in this? Yeah, exactly. You know, graph? Where is it? And we have so many ridiculous statistics that we're not looking at because it, I don't know. I don't know why we're not looking at it. We have 400 million guns and 350 million people, and that doesn't make sense. And we have more opiate prescriptions in the state of Western Virginia than we have fucking people. How does that happen? You know, and we have these problems that we could fix and I'm not saying they're easy and, but we need to make a fucking plan. Anyway, we have mental health issues and drug abuse issues and addiction issues. And we got two and a half million people in fucking prison. And we have all these statistics that just make us look like, we're completely out of control. And you know what? We're completely out of control, Lalo. We got to fix some of this shit. We have to fix some of this shit. And we, I don't know how, but 
we need more we need more understanding number one think- we got to stop throwing people in prison for drugs that's dumb see i think i think a lot of people know we have issues you know i think the problem is with the politicians like they don't care like they just don't care you know um a lot of them you know are just in there for like money or for power yeah yeah um so i mean getting things done really isn't like at their top of their priority list you know right um so you have to like get these people out you know because they i would say a vast majority of politicians just go off of their own agenda or like the agenda of like the people that pay them like their lobbyists and stuff right right you know because i mean even like uh the issue of like you know the whole like restrict act with tiktok like half of this country there's like 150 million users of tiktok in the united states um I can guarantee you most of those people do not want to band, if not all of them, you know? Right. Um, so. Well, like, I don't even why, use it and I don't want it banned. Right. So, you know, and on top of that, the people that, you know, just don't care, like, you know, like yourself. Um, so, like, you can't say you're, like, doing the work of, like, your constituents when you're going against, like, their wants and like needs you know right so i think that's where most of our like issue is where when it comes to like getting things done like nothing gets done because of the politicians and how they just want to like keep playing the whole back and forth because it keeps them in office you know if they if we were if we were to pass like sweeping like nationwide like gun legislation or like sweeping nationwide like immigration reform and like these issues would actually get you know not maybe not solved but like heavily like worked on and improved like these politicians would have nothing to like stand on when it comes to like campaigning and you know all these like fake promises and all that stuff yeah because when when it's nothing but a tit it's a tit for tat thing right now is it's what it's become. It's like when the Democrats get in, they sue and investigate all the Republicans. And then the Republicans get in and they're like, okay, yeah, we see what you did. You went after Donald Trump. Well, we're now we're going after Joe Biden and we're going to, and we're going after all the Democrats that we think are, are corrupt. And the corruption just flows back and forth and back and forth. And, and people like you and I are down here at the bottom thinking, you know, excuse me, we're addicted to drugs. Our streets are falling apart. The bridges are rotten. My uncle's in jail. You know, hello, we need some help down here. But no, it's Hunter Biden's laptop is way more fucking important than anything else going on. And that's sad. Yeah. And then the the things like Pelosi and her crew all getting in the stock market and based on uh, laws that she's passing and packages that she's passing to the defense contractors and like, Oh, by the way, uh, tell, tell aunt June that, um, 
we just passed a billion dollar package and she needs to get in on Grumman or Boeing, you know, not cool, dude, not right. Not even, I, you can't even fucking justify that in any way, shape or form to me that you are in, investing in the stock market based on the money that you're giving to the corporations that you're going to invest in completely, completely wrong. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I think most politicians are that way. There are like, you know, a percentage of them that, um, you know, try to, you know, write bills and actually make changes. Yeah. Um, so I think we just need more of them. Well, can you, can general. you get them in there? Because I think it's happening. I mean, it's, it's a slow process. Cause I mean, you know, only a certain amount of seats are available every election. Right. You know, and then you have to get the right candidate. So it's a very like slow process. Yeah. But I do see it like changing and I do see it kind of like leaning that way. Cause I mean, even these last midterms, like you saw, you know, everybody thought, Every, everything was going to swing just to the GOP. Yeah, like it was overnight. fucking terrifying there for a minute. It was. Um, I don't want to see that. Ha- I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see the Democrats seize power or Republicans seize power. I'd want to see politicians who are like-minded for the people, both sides. We need both sides to, yeah. to counterbalance each other. So, I mean, <clears throat> it's a... Uh... I think this. I think these last last midterms like said a lot, and it's a precursor for like what's down the line. Yeah, at least I hope so because, um, I mean, in my eyes, it was a good thing that you know people are able to kind of cut through like the smoke screens, you know. Yeah. Um, and see like what's really going on and what's really causing what, and then basing their vote on that information. Because for the longest, people have voted based on, you know, like headlines and, you know, uh, like just current, uh, like the current climate of, you know, economics, stuff like that. And I think now people are starting to like, you know, cut through that like surface noise and just see what's really causing what and, uh, you know, vote accordingly. Well, how do we how do we stop the knee jerk reactions i mean that's that's basically what my generation votes on and and i talk to a lot of people my age and most of them are have lost their liberal when i was younger i was like you i was fairly fairly liberal i guess no fuck no i wasn't man <laughs> Fuck no, I got to look back. I, I wasn't. I guess I was conservative. I voted, but I voted with the news. Like you said, six o'clock news told me how to vote. Okay, that works. Yeah. But I mean, now, that was really the only option back then. Yeah, it it was. The newspapers followed the television. And I guess now dissemination of information is what's causing the unrest in our in our culture. And all the information out there is not good. You have to find valid stuff because there's a lot of people out there that are conspiracy theorists and a lot of people follow Fox news and a lot of people, you know, and, and then there's 
like me for a while, I became so overwhelmed with news because I was reading the guardian and CNN and MSNBC and Fox news. And I was reading them all. And it was just this confusion of like, why the hell can't people see what's really happening? But now I've backed off and I read some news, but like, I, I just got burnt out on it, man. Can't keep up anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different like news sources and ways to get it. Yeah. That it definitely can be like overwhelming. And what do but, we do when, you know, it's time for uh, elections and we have 40 people to research, you know? There's 40 people on a fucking ballot. And you want to look at all of them. If you want to vote correctly, you would look at each and every candidate. Well, I think, we, you know, I mean, the way those like primaries and stuff goes, like usually people that are kind of um, like the people that run are usually people that like have at least begun to make a name for themselves prior to the primaries, you know, in like yeah. the year prior. Um, who have like, you know, one way or another, like made a name for themselves. You, <laughs> you know? mean by sending you a mailer every day in the fucking <laughs> mail for 40 fucking days in a row. And you're like, okay, Letitia Perez, that is enough. <laughs> so like they're, <clears throat> they're like media presence um, is like heavier, you know? So you kind of have a good inclination of like, who's going to run. Yeah. Um, but you still have, you know, like Reverend Mark Kenny you know, libertarian. Don't you want to look at him at least? I do. No. I mean, if he's a libertarian, probably not. <laughs> well, I, okay. Democrat, Republican, whatever, <laughs> independent. You, I want to look at all. Everybody has a website. Yeah. Now. But I mean, a lot of people, like there's a handful of them that you already know. Like if AOC or Bernie was to run, like I wouldn't need to research them. You know, I would right. need to like read their platform. Right. Um, It'd be like the more kind of like obscure people or like, you know, people, you know, on the come up type of deal. Um, but I mean, a lot of times, like, especially during primaries, like people have very similar like platforms, you know, it may be just like one or two like key differences that separates them um, or like their stance on one or two like issues. And even that those stances are like not very far off, you know, like they could both be, you know, anti, like, you know, they could both want like, uh, like stricter gun laws. All right. It would just be like one wants this specific rule in place and one wants this other specific rule in place. So like during the primaries, their differences are not that vast, at least for like the Democratic side. I don't I think on the Republican side, it's the differences are usually a little bigger because yeah, right now they're shattered, man. They're scattered all I over think the Republicans, place. Like I think the GOP in general, like they have no platform. No, like their platform is just whatever they say, do the opposite. That's their platform. Yeah, um, that is, it is like, the thing that they wanted the most they got. And it, it now that they have the uh, abortion stirred up again, it's like, that's not what they, now they're actually like, well, that's probably not what we wanted. Yeah. And it hurt them. It you did. Know? It did. It damaged them badly. So, I mean, like, um, for, yeah, on the GOP, the gaps in like policies, 
especially right now, especially in this next upcoming election, because you're going to have your like, you know, Trumpy politicians that run. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to have the GOP that are like, no, like, fuck that. Like, we need to get back to how we were before. We need to get back to John McCain. We need to yeah. get back to Ronald Reagan. It's like, no, you don't. You need to so, fucking. So their, you know, platform and stances are going to be a lot different. But, um, yes, I mean, it can definitely be, like, overwhelming. But um, I don't think that should, like, deter people from, like, participating and doing all that sort of stuff. I hope so. I mean, I'm... And I don't think it will because people... Um, like even young people, like the way I think the best thing, like politicians today and just going forward, the best thing they can do is um, like for their self-image, you know, is like speak. Because when you speak, someone's going to record you. And when they record you, they're going to post it. And, you know, once you get like videos of, you know, where you stand and what you want to do and that coupled with like how you actually vote, you know, like how the politician votes. Yeah. Um, it really make creates. Sure you're a, not on a hot mic, right? Yeah. It really creates <laughs> like this sense of like, you know, okay, this person's like, you know, they walk the walk and they talk it, you know? Yeah. Um, like Bernie. I mean, I wish Bernie wasn't 900 years old because, um, and I came late to the game to Bernie, like Seinfeld. I didn't come into Seinfeld till the seventh season. So I didn't come into Bernie until he's fucking 90 years old. But I see that the way I've seen his voting record, I've seen what he says. And then he goes on talk shows and, and backs up everything that he does, everything that he says, and every, every way he votes. He's not disingenuous across the board. And he's not yeah. taking corporate money, and that's that's what we need. But we need him. We need that guy to be thirty five. We need that girl to be thirty five, forty instead of ninety. You know. Yeah, and I think the good thing about Bernie, someone like Bernie, is that he um, he has shown a lot of like younger people that you know being that way can still get you like you know elected and it could still get you you know in the yeah. national spotlight type of deal and it could like inspire a lot of like young politicians you know i'm sure bernie had a big impact on someone like aoc you know yeah she, i know she looks up to him a lot so it sucks that you know they kind of uh or we kind of like i think bernie was just like in the wrong place in the wrong time like if he was an up-and-coming politician today like that would be amazing, you know. He'd be president for sure. Right. So, um, it was just kind of the wrong. Like he was a politician in like the wrong era, you know. Yeah. Um, I know I should have been a cowboy, but I'm but about a hundred years too late. I do think he like inspired a lot of people, especially people that are like maybe interested in running or interested in, you know, office, to do things like a certain way. Yeah, especially on the liberal side, I don't. I don't know if he inspired a lot of like Republicans, but um, definitely on the Democratic side. Well, he's from Vermont, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I think you know you could get everybody in Vermont in one auditorium and talk to everybody <laughs> at the same time. That's why Bernie is. That's why Bernie's. He's popular among 
the voters of his of his his constituents are like minded. They like that. And that's Vermont, but you're not going to get that in Texas. You know, you're not going to get that in Utah. That's that's a problem. It's like Texas is a whole different world from Vermont, and that's why Ted Cruz is there. And Georgia is a whole different ball game than Texas. That's why Marjorie Taylor Greene's there. We have like. I don't know, 40 countries in one country now, which takes me back to what I was saying. There is no cohesiveness here. We don't have one central thing that, you know, it's like we don't we don't agree, but we're fucking Americans. And that's I think that's what we need to get back to a little bit. And I'm not talking hyper fucking nationalism. I'm not talking about everybody's waving a flag and doing all that shit. I'm just saying. We need to, like when you're at work, you have a corporation or a company or a county that you work with and your coworkers and you try to, to think like-minded to keep your job and to keep cohesiveness within the country, within the corporation. We got nothing now. We're all over the fucking map. We hate each other. We're, we're screaming at each other across the streets about a single politician. Everybody's so polarized right now we need to get back to a thing where like yes we disagree but we're family and we don't even have that yeah and i mean this country is just like so large i don't think there's like a big country like the united states that's run in the same way we are that's what they call us the american experiment um so i mean for me, it's natural to have that sort of like uh, big, just big gap in like, um, like viewpoints, because yeah. I mean, it's just like our physical size is like huge that it's like you said, it's very hard to kind of like, get every single but like every single person like on the same boat, because the needs of people in California are not the same needs as people in like Nebraska. Right. You know? Right. Um, so that creates like a natural like division in, you know, needs, which creates division in, you know, viewpoints and politics and it kind of just, you know, trickles down from there. Yeah. Um so yeah. I mean to me that's normal, but like I would agree that it's very like um divisive as of late. It's like an extra yeah, amount, you know. In the last few years, and it's very, very prevalent now, and uh, media drives that point home all the time, and it it separates us more. And but I would say that I think the last two elections, like midterm and then the twenty twenty election, kind of, uh, at least in the way people were voting, it kind of showed like some like cohesiveness and some sort of like, yeah, it did common goal among the younger people. It did. And I hope that maybe we could get back to it a little bit. Maybe we could get back to, yeah, uncle Dave, I want to kick your ass because you're an asshole, but you're my uncle Dave. So (laughs) we're family. Yeah. And that's all the time we got, bro, because I haven't upgraded and I I got (laughs) alerts all over the screen. Now it's like, you have one minute. Do you want to upgrade your account to get unlimited recording time? (laughs) Yeah, I got 35 seconds and I'm going to take it all, asshole. (laughs) All right, man. Well, 
we need to get back to it. And uh, I'm going to go to work this week and try to figure out a way to solve gun violence. <laughs> Have a good week, man. You too, man. <laughs> Later. Later. You have now experienced the Thoroughly Wrong Project with your podcast hosts, Lalo and Bob. We can now be found on Pandora Radio, Apple Podcasts, Podium Podcast, or by searching The Thoroughly Wrong Project to locate our YouTube channel. You can contact us directly by email at thoroughlywrong at gmail.com or just leave a comment on any of our platforms. Until next time, thanks for spending your valuable time with us. And remember, always speak up and never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong. <laughs>